Wow, we talked a lot. Jesus, I talked. I, hour 20. Call the cops. Hello. Oh, good morning, Merlin. Good morning, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. It's Tuesday. It's the optimistic day. That's what you say. That's that what is you say. what I say. Mm-hmm. It is written. So yeah. it must be. Yeah, I suppose. I got three mm. beverages. Three beverages. Three at mm. the same time right here? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm tripling up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back on the pineapple juice. On Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I have pineapple juice now. It's my treat. Oh, I like that. I think it's got a lot of sugar in it. <clears throat> what do they call it? Fructose. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, Jiminy, yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of uh, 24 grams of carbs in uh, this little baby can, six fluid ounce can. Ooh, it's a lot. It's okay. I'll burn it off. I'll burn it off. I'll burn it off when I'm doing the thing with the ropes that I do. <laughs> oh, you're doing a rope rope workout now? Yeah, yeah. They call them uh, uh, rope whips. What do you call them? Ropers? Mr. Roper. Yeah. Are you okay, Dan? I'm all right. You know, it's it's one of those times a year where after the time change, I'm still, I still can't get caught up with it. I'm still staying up way too late at night. I find that I resist bedtime now. I'm pu- oh, trying to push I it back too. as far as I can push it back. And then I'm like, why am I awake at 1.30, you know, watching a documentary about Alien, the movie? And it's just <sighs> don't, dumb. You know, don't do that. That's that's no good. Um, oh, are we having a 365? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. Uh, the thing in Colorado was horrible. But it's kind of weird. I was waiting for the, uh, watching TV, waiting for the press conference. And yeah. the the press conference, so so the the horrible thing that happened in Colorado happened inside of a grocery store. I'm guessing probably a regional grocery store. I don't know. But when they did <laughs> when they did the press conference, it was in front of a Whole Foods, which seemed like kind of an odd choice. Why would they? Yes. Well, I don't think they said, okay, let's get going. We got to go do the press conference. Find me a Whole Foods. Um, but, but it was just kind of weird that there was a, gro- a different grocery store in the background. Um, that was terrible. Um, so <laughs> what I was going to say was, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, what my angle on the bedtime problem, mm-hmm. I'll circle back to daylight saving time in a minute, but my angle on the going to bed is this is the time of year when it doesn't take much to keep me up later than I'd like. Give me an example of what it would take. Well, you know, I do another program called Do By Friday. It's a weekly challenge podcast. And, uh, with the challenge a couple weeks ago is to reboot your sleep. Mm. And so long story short, that was that I tried to make myself, make myself, you know, I try to avoid that phrase. Um, I wanted to go to bed. I wanted to be in bed at 11 and God willing, be asleep by 1115. And it's a kind of um, middle school version of an old challenge of totally rebooting your sleep. I learned about this from Danny O'Brien. You cut out all stimulants. You cut out all whatever the opposite of a depressant. I don't know. No, no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. In, in the real version of this, you, I think you do it the other way, which is you always get up at the same time with no things to make you stimulated or depressed. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is said, it is believed that in a period of time, within a week or two, you will discover your actual natural sleep pattern. Because if you make yourself, I think it's getting up, you, that version, you get up at the same time. You say arbitrarily, by my own hand, by fiat, I will be up and at up and atom at six a.m. Mm-hmm. and then that will start to cause a pattern of you knowing when to go to sleep to get the sleep you need. Your body will start telling you, 
You know what I mean? Kind of like a little bit like when you go on vacation and you sleep so differently. Mm. I feel like some people. Do you, do you sleep good on a vacation or do you not sleep as good? If it's in most hotel rooms, I sleep terribly. Yeah. I mean, setting aside what's happened to those sheets and the coffee machine <laughs> in this economy. Uh-huh. That's got the love of a German in it title. Um. <sighs> Those people ruin every part of the buffalo. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not adding that as a title. I'm not going to do. Sure, that. you are. Well, well, I'll write it down. Uh, what is the love of a German? That's what she said. Uh, das Liebe dein de de la okay de la soul. Oh, it's me myself and I. I think that record's totes out of print now because of the uh, sampling clearances. Oh, really? I got a copy. Um, but. No, no, no. I hate the, I hate, I'm so, I've become weirder and weirder about pillows. And, and the, you know, you should capture this. There's a lot of turns out stuff to pillows to me where I've kind of gone in several different directions until I finally surprisingly found a pillow. I thought I didn't like a softer pillow. I thought I liked a really high, hard pillow, but it turns out I think my body relaxes more with a soft pillow. But whatever that nonsense is that they put in the... And, you know, the Marriott will say, we've got a pillow menu, but uh, that just means one more person has touched it now. I don't know. Uh, but also, of course, the light and the noise and the blinking lights. But to, to the thing about daylight saving time, I, am, I will join the chorus of people saying, why don't we just pick one? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would just assume, like most people who have an opinion, I feel like let's just go with what we currently call daylight saving time mm-hmm. and let's make that time now. Just keep it, keep it there. Don't move it around well, anymore. The thing is, it's one of those things where if you can't really, you can't change it once a year. That would really screw us up. You have to ch- change the time twice a year. And, you know, I mean, I think farmers are good. They'll be okay. Posposably, it was a way of saying, I can have all of my children who lived work later in the field. I don't know if that's true, and I'm not going to look it up. But it's a relic of the past. Our agrarian Christian background that's made us so odd in so many ways. Um, Like the school year. Same thing. Anyways, I, God, you know what I remember, Dan? I know we've talked about this. Let's say even five years ago, you remember how hard it is to get your kid to go to bed in March? Because now it's still light outside at their bedtime. It's so hard to get a kid to go to bed when it's still light out if they're used to going to bed when it's dark out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I I, I think, you know, my kids are both going to bed later now. And so it's still dark. Mm-hmm. So that affects them less, but you know, like the, the whole, I mean, we talk about this every year. It's just, it's and We like, talk about it every week now. We're uh, all getting less daylight and it's screwing us it's up. It's messing us up. Yeah. And, and Do you like, still you know, have one like, of those, those lights that you shine, um, like in your office? Yeah. To, yeah I mean, what, maybe tell the I've people. Got one, I've got one at home that's not in the most effective position. Um, but I do, I would like to start being bad. I turn it on and it comes on autom- well, not automatically, but when I talk to the dingus, all the lights in our bedroom turn on, including the sad light. The seasonal affective disorder light, which claims to give you the color or the, the spectrum of light that you would get from being outdoors, and it supposedly el- elevates your mood, especially if you have seasonal affective disorder, which I don't think I have, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to try. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. I find some more effective than others, but I couldn't Pepsi challenge it. I, I couldn't promise you that it's doing a lot. But I, I, it is said by some people I know that it helps them a lot with, with uh, SAD. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you know, I'm I'm getting up there. I think I've officially. I'm in my last year of the last interesting demographic that isn't AARP. I'm a 54 year old man. I know better. I understand mostly how time works, mostly, but I'm still fooled every night. They fooled me, Jerry. Every <laughs> night, every night, I'm like, how is it 7:30 now? It's still light out, and like I forget to make dinner till six because I'm sitting there trying to, you know, f- you know, fix my Python. Pardon my saying. Hmm. And uh, and I get involved in a project, as you know. Afternoons are project time for Daddy, and uh, and and then the time flies, and I'm not paying attention. And even it's it's so odd to me, even insofar as we have clocks everywhere. I mean, how many clocks do you have in your kitchen? I we've got too many. If you count them all, if you count every item in our kitchen that displays the time, it's got to be at least three. I bet for most people it's five or six. People with modern modern housing, but even with those clocks everywhere on our wrist, in my case, <clears throat> on my telephone, uh, I still don't pay attention to the time. A lot of times I know what time it is by what's on TV, which is really embarrassing. Like you, it's like being like, 10 all over again. Yeah, you don't want to do that. If it's 8.30 Tuesday, it must be Liberant and Shirley. Got a copy of The Conversation uh, that I bought, and um, it comes with extras, including the screen tests for The Conversation 1974, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. That's why I Another named great... the show my first podcast. Oh, is that a fact? I did mm-hmm. not know that. That was, that was the first thing I ever recorded with you I yeah think. that's where i got the name from i mean it's obviously with the show a podcast was a little different from the movie but you know that was the inspiration it's it. the first time i ever heard you do a sponsor read that had the phrase a uh, piece of cake in it i said that <laughs> yeah you do you, you do that why do you remember? but it's got this i never said piece thing. of cake i piece never, never cake. said i've never said piece that of cake <laughs> well if you quit taking your old shows down i'd find it and send it to you right now uh-huh you're always erasing, you know, that's uh, that's Dan Erasure. It's wiping, wiping the slate clean to start over again. I don't want to talk about wiping. <laughs> um, uh, we've got baby wipes to say they were tested on plumbers. And, and every time I see it, I say to myself, well, I hope they clean them when he's done. Or she. <sighs> um, you know, kid tested, mother approved, tested on plumbers. I'll say, I'll send, you know what? That'll be show art. I, I will take a photo when, when, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if you have anything to tell me about that you like, but I will take a photo of that and that can be our show art. It's toilet wipes with a plumber, la la la. But you know, I, I mean, at my age, like I, I know how all that works. What was my point? Oh, oh, screen tests it includes, it got, it's got tons of cool extras, including the screen tests with uh, Harrison Ford and Cindy Williams of Laverne and Shirley. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Star Wars, Starkiller Chronicles. Um, how you doing? You all right? No, I'm all you right. Up from, you screwed up from you screwed up from You watched an alien, an alien show. Yeah, is that, yeah, is that yeah. what you watched? Hold on. What is this thing called? Memory alien Memory. documentary. Okay, here here it is. It is called Memory: The Origins of Alien. And I'll put the Wikipedia entry. Oh, the 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 film. The film. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were. Talk about one of your wackadoo things. No, no. Uh, Memory, The Origins of Alien is a 2019 documentary film that traces <gasps> the origin of Ridley Scott's Alien franchise. The oh documentary God, delves so into there. the history of the classic 79 science fiction film Alien, uh, blah, blah, blah. But it explains all of it, but it talks about how Giger, who I've always pronounced Geiger, but apparently it's mm-hmm. Giger. Yeah, he's Swiss. Uh, Giger and how they came to work with him and how the films were. But the weird thing is the the opening scene of this film, it's some kind of weird thing with these 
three women who are, I guess, supposed to be like witches or I don't understand. But like the whole first like three minutes of the movie is this. I had to skip through it. I'm like, if this is what the thing's going to be like. It sounds a little bit 2001. It was weird. It was really strange. I'm like, this is how they're opening the movie. But I skipped through that. It was stupid. And then the rest, then it became a regular movie and the rest of it was really cool. And it's 90 mm. minutes and you can get really, like you put that thing on. I think I watched it twice. Because it's very oh, wow. dense and very interesting. And, 2019. Uh, contemplation mm -hmm. on the symbiotic collaborative process. Huh. Mm. I bet that pairs nicely with um, Yodorowsky's Dune. Oh. watch that? <laughs> um, the, you're not talking about the, the really freaky, trippy, weird one. Mm -hmm. Or are you talking about the one with Sting? Yeah. Oh, well, no, there, I'm sorry. Well, there's a... So, so Alejandro Yodorowsky... How does one say? He's a very, very interesting filmmaker. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people who should know better will say he makes surrealist films. I would say he makes magically real films. He makes really wackadoo films. Just go to YouTube and watch the trailer for Topo or um, oh, geez, what's it called? The not Magic Mountain. What's his oh, what's his movie that I love? Holy Mountain. Yeah, check it. Just go watch the trailer for Holy Mountain. You're welcome. Don't watch it at work because it's got goats on crosses. But and there's a lot of, you know what? If you're sensitive to Jesus imagery, trigger warning. Alejandro Jodorowsky, very interesting filmmaker. And long story short, he was going to make a version of uh, of Dune before before David Lynch. Right. I heard, I, I think and, you, <clears throat> you may have told me about this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll put that in notes. Dan, where would people find notes uh, for yeah, what number Epa is this one? So I got it right here. Five two three of your back to work program. So I, I like your uh, your domain name back to work limo slash five two three. Thank it's you. Place to go, and you you get all the info there. Uh, it's J O D Chodorowsky's Dune. Really fun documentary because he basically storyboarded the whole thing. Oh, the point being, he worked with two of the greats. Mm. I, I want to say maybe was it Chris Foss probably. You know, the guy that, that draws the cool spaceships? Um, but he worked with, I think it was Chris Foss. It was one of the great spaceship artists. And uh, the Swissman, H.R. Giger. Giger. He was he was to have worked on the film. You know, <clears throat> I I remember when there was the, after the movie Alien came out and Giger became like a huge deal that everyone he, had he, these like- didn't he, I, didn't he win an Oscar? I want to say I think so but it, I mean it, his stuff is suddenly so, I mean, he everybody knew who he everyone was, that's what I'm saying everyone knew who he was and in this every movie, time you see those creepy like what do you what do you describe it as so I mean he designed the uh, xenomorph right or mm -hmm. he was anyway he was involved with that but like the way especially like when they land on the planet and they go into the thing and find the eggs mm -hmm. and the what's the name of the xenomorph sitting in the telescope chair the not the, you know, there's like a name the engineer something yeah 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 but he designed that weird like is that a skeleton right is that a prosthesis like what is that look of all these ribbed things mm -hmm. that was all pure him his his artwork is very unusual it is very weird you and also, apparently you also it's remember, all from his uh from his dreams it all comes from his dreams oh that is that he right would, yeah that he would dream it and then he would paint it so it was they they talk in this film about it's like at the the intersection of the subconscious and the conscious and all of this like very it's very cool watching just for the art part but they talk about the effects and how they did all the effects and everything else it's, i love anybody really cool. who has access to that part of their own weirdness you know, it's weird though, because like, you know, nowadays it seems standard that 
And and if I was doing if I would if you Merlin chose me to direct a high budget film that was going mm-hmm. to push the boundaries of what we think of as cinema and and effects and do all of this stuff like I'm absolutely going to pay whatever it takes out of the budget to have a little film crew that's hanging out filming us filming the movie because worst yeah, that's, case that's so straight nowadays you see that all the time but like before worst case say, scenario you, you throw it yeah. out and like you're like apocalypse we're not now use it. you know what's his head's wife was out there right doing that amazing uh hearts of darkness but you don't usually yeah 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 i mean it's because well you know they probably didn't know that it was going to be that big a deal but i think, think they should assume that every movie is going to be that big of a deal like imagine <clears throat> if they were to unearth today imagine the shockwaves that would travel multiple times around the earth if they were to find like, oh, we have 30 hours of behind the scenes footage of filming Star Wars that we didn't know we had. Right. Like, the, There's the a Earth fair amount change. of that out there, but I think it's pretty informal. A lot of it doesn't have sound, you know. Um, I'm going to send you something. I, this is, I have to warn you. I'm going to send you something. This, this will be the most graphic thing that I've ever sent you. I can't wait. Do you feel prepared? Yes, please send it. Post haste. There's a band I like. There's a punk rock band I liked a lot in the 80s called uh, Dead Kennedys. And Dead Kennedys put out an album in, I want to say 1985, called Frank and Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and to answer your question, yes. And um, so anyway, they put out, it was, it's a pretty good record. It's got some good bits on it. It's no fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. Mm-hmm. But it's, it was still good. Frank and Christ is good. Judging from that name and the fact that they're a hardcore band from San Francisco, you would know that this is a, a band that like to go there. And I'm not sure how this happened, but it was decided that they would include a cool fold-out poster with the the album Frankenchrist. And when you opened up your Frankenchrist, you, you get a poster in there. And they had a poster that depicted the art, and a piece by H.R. Giger. Mm-hmm. And the final part is this ended up with an obscenity lawsuit. May I send you the poster? When your kid opens their copy of Frank and Christ, this is the poster they could put on their wall. Are you ready? Yes. It's called Penis Landscape. <laughs> and I really super want to make sure this is you and not my family. Enjoy. Now that that probably should oh. not be show art. <laughs> you don't want to use that? Well, I think it's going to make a lot of guys feel things. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly inadequacy, <laughs> but I guess in Switzerland, you know, when in, when in just... Swiss, do like the cheeses, mm. cheeses, cheeses, Frankenchrist. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. It's not even a joke. So that's called penis landscape. What do you think of that? I mean, it's not like, um, that mm-hmm. different from my regular desktop wallpaper, but. Well, yeah, exactly. You want something that's going to be relaxing. <laughs> you know, you're flying toasters are going around <laughs> and you want to see some, you know, <laughs> yeah, wieners and butts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the name of that tune. Um, I have something like a topic. Okay. Yes. And I, I want to do that. Well, I don't know if it's even really a topic. I don't know if it's going to be long. I don't know if it's going to be short. I don't know if it'll constitute a landscape. I have I'm a clo- fill- filler material if, if we wind up needing window. it. If, if yes, I also want to hear about fine. something um, that I like, but uh, go, you go forward matter. You're saying I'm saying, Move move forward with your topic because I think that oh I thought it, did you have something else oh yeah you, no. you usually you have media that you like you have things that you're doing 
You have things that you're excited about? Yeah, I got some things. I'm I'm working hard on the disaster proof uh, stuff right now. Um, about to to come out with some new stuff. So if that's if people are interested in the project I'm working on about how to learn from the the crazy preppers and convert that into something that would help us regular people be more prepared. Uh, so what do you do, Dan? Dan, do you boil off the crazy and just take what's left over and prep with that? I mean, you know, for example, you can when, use that if you want boil off the crazy. I, I, will. I don't know if your guests would want like that, but uh, what happens is you talk to people who are very, very prepared for for extreme extreme conditions that will last incredibly long periods of time. And what I try to do is distill that advice down. So for the survivalist who's capable of surviving, you know, a month with a toothpick and a piece of duct tape in, you know, in any, any condition, <laughs> cardboard box and a tarp. Right. Uh, I take something from that away and say, well, you know, if, if it so happens that I'm ever in a situation like that and I actually, you know, would need to survive for a, a few hours or a couple days, what would the takeaway be? Or for the person who has like six months of stored food in their basement that they're rotating mm-hmm. through slowly for decades, I might say, well, maybe I want two weeks of food. And how would I adapt yeah, that? Like, how to, would you, to, and this the, the genesis to remind our listeners, I believe, is how, how if you had something similar to the climate and infrastructure uh, breakdown that y'all had in Texas, like, right? How would we, how would we, how would we make life doable, livable for like one to 12 days. Right. Like exactly. Because I, you know, you have how, a specific number of how long two weeks is a really good number to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of base it on because that's based on history, based on history and based on the kinds of things that happen and how long infrastructure generally tends to be out. But this is also a topic. And so what I'm doing, I'm about to come out with it. Um, this week is I've come up uh, with an idea to start kind of to create these kind of conversations and discussions. So I'm opening up a discussion board that I have set up so that people can sign up and have conversations about all of this. And some of the boards will be for patrons only, and then others will be, they'll all be public for people to read, but posting is maybe going to be for patrons on some of those boards. But I want to get the discussions going. I want to get, because it's already people are really into this stuff. And even just on the Patreon, they're in there sharing, like, I just bought this, you know, solar powered charging thing and like here's a my favorite everyday carry Wait, pocket you got a solar charging thing is that just for a phone or can it power something bigger usually you can plug in multiple usb devices as well as three-prong electrical outlets uh typical Ooh, us can you put that in notes i'd love to see that well maybe you should sign i have that. an open bug from my mom she has a medical device that she worries you know what'll happen if we don't have power yeah and i think she she was looking at like stuff she's seen advertised on fox news and i was like let me look into this I said, what I said was my friend Dan knows a little about this and I think it's pretty costly to run your whole house on solar, but yeah. we might be able to keep your CPAP up. Yeah. You can definitely get these solar powered, um, chargers and devices. And I will, I will put a couple of them into the show notes. I, I don't want to wheeze your juice. Like I want people to still, you know, <laughs> tithe, tithe your Patreon. I you need, know? well, I need them to because um, <clears throat> you got to get paid, run out of money. You don't want to run out of money. That's part of disaster preparedness. Can I make a suggestion or slash a request? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Thank you. First time survivor. Um, this is just dumb, but this is the way my brain works. Yeah. Um, because of my background in sales, you know, I'm always thinking about the sales funnel. You know, it'd be kind of handy to me is a like, um, you get to do this in whatever, probably three tiers, not tiers, but three, three goals 
mm-hmm. would be interesting. The sort of like one-on-one level of, hey, how do I get through overnight without power, water, whatever? Like, what would I need to do to be in pretty good shape? And like, for me, I've done some of that. Like, we have water. Mm-hmm. We have UPS backups that are essentially little batteries in our house that we could, you know, like our internet will, God willing, stay up because of the UPS. But like, okay, so, so, but like levels, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if I'm not really, what if I'm not a weirdo? What if I just want my small family to be mostly okay for most kinds of minor, you know, dust That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're going to love the like, show. But like one night would be one. Like maybe the next one is something like over a weekend or you mm-hmm. could, I think a week is even a little long, but like, you know, but something like, cause really the difference between overnight and three days is like, as Twain says, the difference between the fire and the firefly. Three days is a lot, mm-hmm. especially if your refrigerator's out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Overnight, if you just keep your fridge closed, you'll be fine. Like one night, three nights, eight nights, something like that. I like that. Interesting. I, if you say like you're well, because it seems to me that like what you you have to pick, you have to choose what you're preparing for. That's right. You, as, as I as your the thesis, I, as I understand it, is you can't prepare for everything. You definitely can't. And that and you know I think there are there and you are blow a lot of efforts and and probably screw yourself up if you over prepare for the wrong thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think that there is definitely an issue um, that that people experience where they are trying hard to prepare for everything. And it's true that many of the things that you're going to prepare for will have things in common with other things that you might not be preparing for. For example, um, like if you're planning for a hurricane, you're going to need food and water. If you're planning for an earthquake, you're going to need food and water. If you're planning for the snow apocalypse like we just had, you're going to need food and water. So there's certain things that are universal that you need to be prepared for. Yes. But if you're planning for the power grid to be gone for three months, that's very yeah. different than oh god, yes, you know, having a, yeah, a like leak Y2K level in of, your roof, you know, right? Yeah. It's interesting um, to me, before we started recording, I was listening to a podcast I really enjoy called You're Wrong About, and You're Wrong About is, it turns out, podcast, but good, and um, y'all should check it out. It's awesome. This, this, this latest episode is a rebroadcast, but it's an episode on, like, take confirmation bias, mm-hmm. right? Confirmation bias, but confirmation bias being the most basic bias in so many ways. Yeah. What is confirmation bias? We tend to seek information that will prove our priors or the way that we, you know, think about the world. And this latest episode, they talk about desirability uh, bias, which is an even deeper version of that, where like you, something you maybe even don't want to happen, is something you seek information about. But the show's really good in general. That It explores all that kind of stuff. And that, that's why it is with that podcast in mind that I say, cognitively, it's very interesting. Like in your case, understandably, it's going to be difficult for you to prepare for anything without having the snowpocalypse be almost always top of mind. Right, yes. But from like a, and I'm not saying you're doing the wrong thing, but from a rational standpoint, because I'm very rational, as everyone knows, it's it's interesting that, you know, this gets us into the second arrow as well. Where, like, am I preparing for the thing that I'm most scared about? Or am I, or let, let's put it this way. Am I, preparing, am I preparing for the pain I never want to feel again? Or am I rationally preparing for the thing that I could most rationally expect to rationally happen? right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like in Florida, you probably want to prepare most for a hurricane. In San Francisco, it would be beneficial to maybe prepare most for an earthquake. Everybody would have to decide for themselves. Yeah. 
but I could see somebody, I mean, not to make it weird, but like if you grew up in Japan in the forties, I could understand very much why you would prepare for a certain kind of thing more than another. Right. Same way that our parents or grandparents lived through the depression and ended up as they becoming, as they say, string savers for the rest of their lives. Well, they never want to feel that depression feeling again. So they saved and did all the things that they did with that sort of very pressing privation of the 30s in mind. But like, how do you decide what you should be preparing for rather than what you like preparing for or what you want to prepare for? Well, and that's that's the thing is that uh, I actually... One of the first episodes that I'm working on is ex- answering exactly that because when you start oh, cool. out about it, you're that's the question I think that that is the most important to ask for is what am I preparing for? And so what the person who's living on the South Florida coast is going to prepare for is not going to be an earthquake. They're not going to have one there, but they will have a hurricane. Um, the person in Texas will not, at least it, unless you're in like Galveston, Houston area, you're mm-hmm. you don't need to prepare for a hurricane here. Probably not really an earthquake either, but there I are other. Where Galveston? I just think of floods. Well, yeah, that's that's. Wasn't Galveston like? Weren't they? Isn't that where they had that horrible flood? Yes, uh, and they had a horrible um, in um, what year was it? I'm thinking in the early 1900s. Yeah, I think it was actually. If I'm yeah, it was 1900. The Galveston hurricane um, that was also called the Great Storm of 1900 was the deadliest natural disaster in the United States history up to that point. No kidding. Yeah, and it was a really, really big. Big thing. There was twelve thousand people died. I think. Oh my and, god. Um, and yeah, or Ugh. maybe it was eight thousand, something like that. Okay, here's the. Yes, I found a way. I'll put the. I found a Wikipedia entry on it. I'll put that into the show notes for the people. Uh, but it, it, did you know? And this is interesting. That at the time, Galveston was basically being set up as what Houston is today. It was going to be one of the biggest ports and one of the biggest, like, major, um, like centers not just for texas but for the united states for bringing things in and it was it galveston was like poised to be a very very big deal and then when this uh hurricane struck it completely changed well i guess what people thought of um, no kidding yeah I bet, because i bet a lot of people lost a lot of dough oh yeah that. yeah i mean this i mean that's, was, that's a weird way to put it but like if there was infrastructure starting to come up there it was a booming city at the time it was geez. like gonna be a i didn't really I never, big I don't think thing. i knew that but then, um, of course, that was destroyed and they kind of, I mean, they didn't abandon the city, obviously, but that was kind of the end of that idea for it. Yeah. I but it's a, my good, gun. it's a good city. I clean my gun and dream of Galveston. That's what Glenn Campbell said. <laughs> so it's, um, but it's, it's a, it's a fun city to visit. A lot of good restaurants there. It's a cool witch store. Cool witch store. Yeah. But basically the entire city the baseball was- baseball player's got a lot of funny names today. Obliterated. And um, it was in ruins and the railroads were completely destroyed and people were just trying to like barely survive. And and it apparently that burying all of the dead was impossible. And they used to oh, have God. something that were called uh, dead gangs. And they would collect the- bodies and they were taking like hundreds of them out to be dumped in the sea and then when they were dumped out there in the gulf they washed back onto the beach like it was okay, that sounds really like, that sounds horrible. like a marquez novel and i don't love it <laughs> it's really horrible what happened there no. but, well yeah. the good news is dad's back um <laughs> yeah dan i need to go take a photograph of a plumber on a uh, on a on a pack of uh, uh toilet wipes 
uh, uh, so I'll be away for a second. Could you tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about nothing other than a little project near and dear to my heart. It's Fireside. Uh, this is a podcast hosting platform that I founded in 2016. And uh, thanks, Merlin, to our, if you're still here, to our, our listeners, I was able to uh, build this into a business. And this is, uh, this is a huge part of what I do. I spend most, if uh, not all, but most of every day working on Fireside. Um, it is definitely a uh, labor of love, but it's also a, a real business. And, um, and I have people who are very, very important uh, to me these days, helping me with it, developing it, making it better, making it great. And uh, that's that's the story. If you, if you want to host your podcast and you'd like to do it on what I think is the best podcast hosting platform around and one where I take your suggestions and feedback to heart and um, many of the features that are part of Fireside now came from the suggestions of my listeners and my customers, uh, go check it out. Fireside.fm is the place to go. And uh, what's nice... Are you, are you finishing <clears throat> the spot now? Uh, almost. Um, okay, okay, well, I'll give, well, I want to do a testimonial. Okay, okay. well, what I was going to say is it, it makes it really, really easy to import your show from anywhere. We got a two-week free trial. So you go there, you sign up, and uh, you can you can import your podcast from wherever you're currently hosting it and check it out and get, kick the tires, see how it is. Or if you're starting a new one, go ahead and start a new one. And, uh, and it's a great way to be involved. I, I try to keep up with all the new podcast 2.0 stuff that Adam Curry and his guys are rolling out. So uh, as they roll out new features, I try to support them in Fireside. I try to do as many integrations as I can with as many services as I can. And the big thing that we're coming out with really, really, really soon is something that um, I was, you know, I was kind of hesitant to build dynamic ad insertion because I thought that it's a technology that can in some ways take away from some of the, the, the fun host read ads and stuff. But I've actually really started to see the value in it. Uh, so we have... A dynamic ad insertion rolling out. We also support an interconnection with Patreon. So if you already have patrons and you're hosting with Fireside, you can, you, instead of having to post separate content to Patreon and separate content to Fireside, you post it all on Fireside and you set access levels and you say, well, if they're a patron of this much, then they can see this episode. Oof, I, would, I would love to have less things I need to do with Patreon. So Fireside.fm and I made a special promo code just for our listeners because it's the month of March. The promo code is MARMAR, M-A-R-M-A-R. Marmar. Marmar. And you're going to get 50% off for your first two months after your two-week trial period. So, uh, but you wanted to say something about Fireside. Oh, geez. Now I feel like a jerk. I mean, I don't... <sighs> Fine. Dan's site is really good. He's not paying me to say this. Actually, I pay Dan. He doesn't even give me a discount. That's not true. I have... I have two... <laughs> He's never even offered. I just I put it on two... there. I never told you about it. Wait, you're telling me I get a discount? Yeah. I never told I you, never said that. anything. I just put it on I'm, there. I'm paying, I thought I was paying for three podcasts and was going to lord it over you. <laughs> I don't like I don't huh. like overlording. Well, it shows you how good I am at checking my uh, <laughs> balance in my checkbook. Uh-huh. Um, I have two, I have one archived podcast there, which is the show called You Look Nice Today. It was a joy to bring, okay, so listen, listen. Every, everybody, You Look Nice Today was a really good podcast we used to do. We have a new version of it called California King. This is not a promotion for that. It's a promotion for Fireside.fm. Point being, one of my favorite parts, in addition, addition to, once again, getting to hang out with my pals, um, Adam and Scott, it was, I was so relieved to finally get all of the old episodes of You Look Nice Today somewhere dependable, not in some disused Drupal folder. 
Mm-hmm. God, you would not believe what a pain in the ass it was to bring that stuff over through no fault of Dan's. Now, I got, I got another story about where it was real easy because of Dan. But like, that, I love that. So you look nice today is there. But then when we did California King, like it's, it's, Dan's site is so good. It's so easy to use. And I, now we've been told by the sponsor specifically not to slag the competition. I'm not going to slag any specific competition, but I will say this. A lot of things in this space including creator-based platforms, podcast hosting platforms. I have a sense that most of those started with a good idea. They got to the minimum viable product and they never really made it good. It stops right at barely works. Mm. Dan's site more than barely works. You can write that down. You can use that. That's your pull quote. Take it, put that on the homepage, flip it, reverse it. It really is good, and it's a joy to do. The I especially am a fan of things like being able to have an area for like guests and hosts. It's fully tricked out. I love that. I love that. You know, I mean, it's it is it's it's basic in the best way, in the sense that this is not a kitchen sink site that's meant to overwhelm you with features. But if you're especially like a prosumer, like I am. Like, wow, is the stuff I need ever in there. You can have transcripts in there. You can do stuff like, you know, you can you, you can even handle your sponsor stuff inside of there. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Like I say, it, it integrates with other things. Now, now here's the secret, is that there's a third podcast that has been, as the English would say, meant to be there for a while, but will be more actively moved finally to Fireside in the very near future, I've been paying for it apparently at a discount for a while. And you know, what was involved with bringing that over just as a test. My, my co-host and I said, we got to get on fireside. Let's do a test. And you know, well, here's the test. You point it at the old site, you hit a button and now you're on fireside. It really works that well. You, it, it is a feature other places have, but this is Dan's version. So it's good <laughs> and it you. works. Mm, yeah, no. And like the site is pretty and it's, I mean, I, I, I would, I don't, I guess I, w- I would say this no matter, even if I didn't like you, I would say this. It's really good. And you guys should go check out Fireside. It's, it's really, it's really dependable. Um, anyway, enough said. It's a, it's a good site. Fireside. Just go do it. Why are you guys screwing around? Just go. Marmar, 50% Marmar. off first two months. Thanks. Oh, um, um so, thanks Fireside. Buck, buck. <laughs> I'm sending you a photo from my bathroom. Well, technically it's from my desk. <laughs> Ooh. Well, wow, so the last two things I sent you. Oh, wait, really wait a exciting. minute! You don't differentiate between your desk and your bathroom. Is one in the same, or do you want? Do you want, Don't make me reach for the Clorox bucket. Ooh. Okay, I sent that to you. Isn't that guy cute? Look at him. Isn't Tested. that for your for your bucket drumming? Bucket. Yeah, I'm a bucket bucket drummer. Hi. Oh, that's cute. That's he's test, tested <laughs> the two, the juxtaposition of the two images. I know. You sent. <laughs> I know. You know. One more, and it's officially a pattern. Oh, so so the impression I think they're going for in this photograph, That's which a big should, wrench, Dan. should be show art, is the way I read it is it's it's plumbing friendly. But but the yeah, way yeah, yeah. I think what they're trying to say is, yeah, even though you totes like all of the Drano mm-hmm. and the baby wipes always hide that when you know the landlord's coming. Um, and because you don't want to make a fat burger. You know about fat burgers, Dan? That's like a giant burger. It's like a fat burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I buy a fat burger when I'm way out west. Kick it. No, no, no. They have these in London, and it's when uh, things like toilet wipes and cooking grease turn into like like a like a golem. 
Hmm. I've never seen that before. Well, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know what its armor class is, but it's pr- pretty strong. Mm. Go F A T B E R G. I want to say, yeah. Why don't you go Google F A T B E R G? Would you do that for me, real quick? I'm doing it. F A T. Okay. Use your internet. <clears throat> Fatberg. Ooh, that's Ooh, you gross. You know the thing on Google? They have commonly asked questions. People also ask, "What does a fatberg smell like?" I'm not going to click that. No, Dan, what do you see here? What's a fatberg? Based you on it's a rock-like mass of waste matter in, in a sewer, in a sewer system, system formed system by the combination of flushed non-biodegradable solids such as wet wipes and congealed grease or cooking fat. Uh, it's a fatberg smells like rotting meat mixed with the odor of a smelly toilet. Hmm. Finally, Why is this only finally in London? the two things together? Oh, I think it's everywhere. It's just that in London in particular, for whatever reason, I don't know. This is where I first heard about it. You know, they, they can also test the water to find out about drug use and COVID. Do you know about that? You know, because if I didn't have enough of a reason mm-hmm. to not visit London before, now it's Well, just don't go in the sewers, Dan. But what's the point of visiting a city if you can't go in the sewers? That's a good point. What are you, a moloid? And the whole reason I visit a city is because I want to go underground in the sewer. What are Going you visiting underground? For? Underground is the subway there. They got a different name for everything. That's their way. <sighs> we should probably stop here. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I do want to finish my uh, my statement. Oh, oh, um, sorry. You had asked me about the solar power stuff, so here's what I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. First, I put this into show notes because what a lot of people want when they're when they're thinking that they want solar stuff. What they're really wanting isn't solar stuff. What they're really wanting is I want to be able to charge my phone if the power goes out. And Mm -hmm. so what they're going to do, so I'm adding this thing right here to it also to the show notes. This thing is a very high end one. And and of course, you know, this, most people don't want to spend this much, Uh, but there are smaller versions. And in fact, let me just for put, what, is this a Jackery? Yeah, that's the Jackery. I'm a big fan of just for what it's worth of the Jackery uh, batteries for iPhones and whatnot. Really good stuff. So what this yeah, thing like does, this is like it's a thousand bucks. Now you can get smaller ones, and there are other other uh, brands of it. But this one is a what they call Jackery Portable Power Station Explorer 1000 1002 WH Solar Generator mm-hmm. Solar Panel Optional with three by 110 volt slash 1000 watt AC outlet solar mobile lithium battery pack for outdoor RV van camping emergency. Van camping emergency. Now you can get it for another uh, like four or 500 bucks. You get it with these huge solar panels. But this thing is like, this is not, this is not, I want to charge my phone. This is, mm-hmm. I want to keep stuff going for extended periods of ta- time. Like, like. But also just to be clear, this is not something you have installed in your house. This no, is a thing with a handle. It's portable. Like the Cardiff Giant. Mm-hmm. But there are different versions of this. There are different sizes of this. This is just the Mac Daddy cool. one. Um, yeah, but, wow. but most people are thinking, you know, like if I lost power for a few days, I really just want to charge up like my phones, like a couple phones. So the other thing that I put into the show notes is called the upgraded Big Blue 3 USB ports, 28 watt solar charger, 5 volts, 4.8 A max foldable portable solar mm. phone charger with sun power solar panel combination with iPhone 11 XS, XS Max, XR, X8, 7, iPad, Samsung, Galaxy, LG, etc. Tell me about it. I own this. Yeah? I never had a chance to use it. I meant to take it. I, I, this is, so when my mom said she wanted a way to keep her machine running because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a big deal. And she lives in Florida and everything goes wrong in Florida. 
Um, I have not spent a lot of time with it, but I would love to hear what you think. Like, is this 28 watts? Mm -hmm. That's pretty good watts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to run a most max from it, but even an iPad Pro, you could, uh, assuming the assuming prevailing sun, like you could charge an iPad Pro off of this. Uh, I believe that you could. I, I have to try that. I haven't tried that. Uh, but, you know, I know What's that the it's... MAH, do they have the MAHs on this? Well, it doesn't actually hold power, right? It's just like when it's in the sun, it charges your phone, but it's not a battery. It's not a battery. Uh, you can get okay. them with batteries. Um, and there there are different ones that do have batteries. Uh, some are a little more expensive. Some are a little less expensive. But the idea for this is that if you wanted to charge your phone, uh, you would plug you this thing unfolds and it's a it's kind of a very lightweight portable solar panel type thing and you yeah. lay this it's thing a, out a, in the a, sun like basically folds up to be fairly flat mm -hmm. and yeah. like if you're out camping or whatever you would just find a good sunny spot and put this there right you know when you go out you know taking a hike your stuff gets charged the thing that you need to know about these uh un unlike the jackery which is going to charge your phone because it's it's either a usb port or it's a um a charger, it's going to charge it pretty much the same way it would plug into a wall outlet. This goes slower than that. This is not mm -hmm. plug it in for 15 minutes and get your phone up to 60% and go. This is like, okay, you know, we need to have our phones charging. We have no other way to get it. So I'm just going to unfold this thing and plug it in and set it outside for a while. But in the meantime, like my phone will charge. So it's an emergency thing, but man, I wish I had had this thing just during that snowpocalypse that we had here because the People, mm -hmm. people were, pe everyone wished they had one of these because people were unable to get in contact with anyone because their phones were dying because power went out at, you know, 7 PM and you've been using your phone all day and it's down to 20%. And I knew people who would turn on their phone, send a few text messages and then turn off their phone for the next day yes. just because they, they yes. weren't able to get enough to just leave it on even. So this would help right. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll help you help you. Um, you know, you have this. Why don't you try that? I do, but I haven't. I haven't used it much. It was not quite what I expected. My problem was, I think I was expecting it to. I don't know how else to put this. I was expecting it to essentially be a battery. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be rechargeable, and so. But I guess another way to look at that is, if you want to top off, I would not probably use this to try and fill a a, a multi multi mah Jackery battery. But I'm just thinking you could use this to top off an actual battery, right? Sorry, recharger battery. Yeah, you could. Um, but the yeah. uh, the other thing that I sent, the power station, that one definitely like you're you're getting up there in in price. I'll I'll put a couple links to some of the cheaper. Uh, I'm a ones dumb guy who can't read. What the the big jackery? Pardon my saying. Yeah. Uh, is that gas? Is it electric? Do you use electric to charge it up? And yes. then it's not gas though, right? It's not no, a generator. It, is, it is. It is. Um. It is something that you would charge and then take that with you. It must be so heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. Um, and it's it's not the kind it's of like thing. My, my my APS APS APC. My mm -hmm. all of my um my UPS you know battery backups are crazy heavy given their size. Right, and they're like I was saying, this is the high end one. It's their Explorer yeah. line, so they have the Explorer. Like I think it's a two forty, three hundred, five hundred. This is the one thousand. So I'll put one of the cheaper ones in there. But you need to get into the two forty space to get into the solar panel stuff. So the two forty mm -hmm. 
is actually not that expensive. It's only 200 bucks. I'll put that in there too. So you could, you're investing in yourself. You know what I'm saying? You could get the $200 uh, one and then you could get the solar panels, which are 300 bucks, which seems crazy, but that's just the way it works. But then you can charge it up. And what's, um, what's kind of interesting about that is that the, uh, the, the solar panels themselves actually will without the other jackery thing they have ports in them that allow you to charge your phones and other things so if you wanted to just get the solar panels you could and you could plug in two usb devices oh, to I it see. use it to charge yeah. that or you could use it to charge your power station that you get first or get later but yes you charge these things usually by plugging them into the wall and then they hold their charge and then you can take this thing with you and the, the 200 one's very small and you could take that thing around and you could use that what um but what these are also not what they're not <laughs> is they are not um i mean i maybe you could use them as a ups but they're not generally intended to be used as an uninterruptible power supply and i remember back when well, i that's, worked you got to have a little computer inside for that yeah yeah you kind of do the way that like those, I, the one the, like i i i use the thing where there's the usb i like for my synologies <clears throat> and my macs well i only have one mac on its own but yeah you know it's got that usb USB-A to the little square one, whatever that's called. And uh, and it'll send a signal to say, hey, the power just went out and it mm -hmm. kicks in. Mm -hmm. That's built into, I think that's always been built into all Macs for a long time. Right. I'm, you don't need special software and you can- It'll even show you though. It's pretty cool. Like on the on the Synology and the Mac, it'll show you, I, I think it'll show you like, here's, here's how long this will probably be able to run. Mm -hmm. You need to set rules for like, you know, act, act like everything's normal. I, th I think it was Syracuse was talking about, the, yeah, Syracuse definitely on ATP was talking about this. Like, like if you have a house that has dirty power or if like you just sometimes get a little like oopsie and you have like a surge or a drop, yeah. a brown, brown event mm -hmm. title, <laughs> then uh, it doesn't really super kick in. It just, it's kind of smooths it out. But then if everything goes all the way out, you could say like, okay, keep acting like everything's fine for this amount of time. Dim the screen after this long, et cetera. I find that kind of stuff powerful. But yeah, I don't think you're going to get that with the typical generator. It's assuming that everything's all the way out. It's it's assuming you're camping, I imagine. Yes, I think so. And, and this is an interesting bit of information. A lot of people don't really understand how it's possible that an uninterruptible power supply actually works. And and the way that it works is you're always yeah. running off the battery. But the battery... It's like a TiVo. It's almost like a TiVo. Right. And that it's you always know what I mean? recording. Like in the sense that the TiVo is always recording. Yeah. Like even when you're not, like if you're on that channel, it's recording, even if you haven't hit record or right. it's, it's buffering. Mm -hmm. And this is doing, isn't it doing sort of the equivalent of elect electric buffering? Yes. That's a great way to say it. I had never thought of that analogy, but that oh, is perfect. You, that is perfect. And, uh, and basically it's always feeding from that battery. And mm -hmm. so the same way I remember back when I was, uh, I used to, were uh, help build data centers back in in my Selec time period, and oh, so when you work for the Slee Stack, that's right, the competitive local huh. uh, exchange carrier. Basically, we were a small, what we used to call a baby bell. We were a small phone company, uh, an independent small phone company, and because all of that switching equipment that could not ever go down. So what we had was we had an entire floor of the building that was just batteries, and they they were just these weird industrial batteries just taking up literally an entire floor and there was nothing else in on that floor. It was just batteries connected to the generators outside. And you would think, well, 
how do you keep everything running if the generators need, you know, a few minutes to kick in? Well, everything would run off the batteries. And I think the batteries could sustain everything for like an hour. So that gave you plenty of time. So what would happen is as soon as the power from the grid would be cut off, the generators would automatically start up and they were always ready to go with fuel in there yes. and everything else in there. So that, so power goes off, the generators click on and start powering the batteries and the batteries can carry everything. So it's basically like everything's really running off the batteries all the time. So I just thought it was really cool. So anyway, that's the idea with a UPS, but this thing is very different. This thing is designed to be used as a battery when you need it. So it could power your stove if you had a stove or it could power charge your devices or provide light or music or Yeah, and it seems whatever. beneficial. In this case, you pay a little extra to get this and it's not gas. Mm-hmm. To state the obvious, especially speaking about running it in your kitchen, you know, right. this is something that seems to me you is meant to be able to run outside or inside. Definitely. There's no You're fumes You're not going to get carbon monoxide from Right, right, right. And it, it doesn't, the generators have the benefit of, uh, of, of being able to be refilled typically many times while they're running. So you could, depending on the generators. So if you wanted to like keep your household going uh, and you had a generator powering it uh, and it wasn't a gas generator, it was a gas powered generator, you could refill it. But in the, you know, what a lot of people want to do, uh, they know that they, you know, the, 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 for example, they don't want to have to worry about filling uh, a generator's tank. So they are lucky enough to have it connected to like the gas supply. So that would mean if your electricity oh, goes out, gas. it just runs off the natural gas and oh, it can that's run forever. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm going to hold my topic ideas for next time. I'm going to mention one more thing as long as we're hawking products here. I want to mention my current, this is related but not related. I would like to um, mention my current favorite um, iOS or device charger. Mm -hmm. If I may. Yeah. I love Anchor products. Yes. Um, A-N-K-E-R. I think they make good stuff. Um, You know, this is, boy, the more stuff, the more like home automation stuff I get, more of all kinds of stuff I get off Amazon. You know, the second you open it, it's going to be, oh God, this is so cheap. It's got that, uh, the cheap cardboard and the cheap tape and like, it's no fun to, I just, my daughter and I put a lamp together this weekend. It was Mm -hmm. like, ugh, (laughs) it was not like using, it was not an Apple unboxing. Let's put it that way. Um, that would, so when you come across some electronics that, f- that feel good, they're reliable, this is something that's going to feel so good in your hand and it works great. This is not my new go-to. <clears throat> Ready? Mm-hmm. Anchor Power Core 2, 20,100 20, milliamp hours, portable charger with dual USB ports, power IQ 2.0 up to 18 watt output power bank, fast charging for iPhone, Samsung, and more compatible with quick charge devices. Hmm. Anchor Power Core 2, look at that. It feels so good in the hand. It's like slightly ribbed, like an HR Geiger poster. <laughs> um, it's got like a nice texture feeling to it. And I don't know a ton about their IQ stuff. Let, let's put it this way. I, I I deploy a lot of Anchor devices in my house and office, which seems weird. Like this seems like the kind of thing you would take, again, like for a car trip or something mm-hmm. to be able to charge your phone. Right. Anchor also makes great little hubs. Um, and depending on what you need, they... Sh- I, they are what I use when I travel. So for example, there's, uh, there's different anchor hubs you can get depending on what you need to do. So there are some that have like a standard old power cord, you know, like a standard, you know what I mean? With that weird, like the same kind you put in your boom box back in the day. Oh yeah. There are other ones that can power off of, um, lightning 
And then you can choose, like, do you want lightning ports? Do you want USB 3 ports? Like, what, what is it, like the blue ones? Do, what do you want? And so we use these, like, for example, in our living room. This is a way for me to have power to have people charge devices at the other end of the couch where the plug isn't. Mm. So I just run that over to there, run some, like, some Amazon six-foot-long, uh, you know, like... Um, uh, lightning, not lightning. What's the other one called? Not Thunderbolt Firewire. What's it called? No. Thund- Thunderbolt? The... What are you talking about? Thunderbolt? Thunderbolt, like, Firewire, USB-C. Lightning, I guess USB... USB-C. Like USB-C to Lightning, several of those, uh, um, Amazon, I think, several places make those nice sort of braided six foot long cords that stand up a lot better if yes. you've got a little kid who likes to smash their iPod uh-huh. and iPad <laughs> at weird angles into the couch cushions. Like, yeah. Ugh. But anyway, um, Anchor makes great stuff like this. This one's really terrific. Like when my, when my, um, sometimes, you know, my lady's a runner. She runs every day. And on Sundays, she does a long run somewhere. And I will frequently top this up because I'm a weirdo and I'm paranoid. And I don't like when I can't see her phone on the internet. I power this up and uh, give her the right cable for it. And Bob's your uncle. Um, I'm just here to tell you, I don't know a lot about... Uh, it's, it's milliamp hours. Is that correct? M-A, correct? M-A-H? I believe that is what that stands All for. All I know is 20,100 is a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Too many. Meaning, well, it's got a lot of capacity. So, you know, you're going to get a few charges out of this. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not trying to be cute. It's not also a flashlight. It's just, you know, two ports and a microphone. So what I want to talk, what I want, what I wanted to talk about today that I really think we don't have time for now, but um, how can I put this? Eh, I just, I'm just really, I'm just really interested. I'll, I'll mention this. I'll mention this. Um, my preferred, you may have a different one and that is fine. My preferred Mac uh, image editing app is Acorn. Acorn. By Flying Meat. There's lots of many good ones out there. You could do your Pixelmators, you could do your whatevers, you could do the one that Adobe makes. Fine. But um, I love Acorn, and uh, Acorn 7 just came out with some really nice additions. Um, you know, so, you know what? I feel like, Dan, a lot of times, if you're the sort of features and benefits person, you go like, oh, yeah, well, this one has that. This one, all, this one other one has that, too. And you're like, yeah, but, like, I like using it more on this one. Like, the Pixelmator app for iPad, there's nothing else like it. Like, what that thing does with machine learning and... Like there's, there's a million of those. I like using a ton of those. I just prefer Pixelmator on my iPad. Every photo I care about that I'm going to post, I spend five or 10 minutes in Pixelmator. Now it does, a, there's a lot of other apps that do what that does. I just love the way that thing does what it does mm-hmm. and how it does what it does. Ditto for Acorn. I find Acorn very intuitive. It's what I, I use it several times a week. You know, whenever you see that Roderick Online show art with the Bende dots, I always oh, do that yeah. in Acorn. Yeah, so... Um, new one came out. It's got lots of nice features. As I mentioned on uh, the internet, it has, a, again, other apps have this, but it has a really nice, it's called perspective, fix, and crop, where you basically, you've got something where you want to fix the perspective, even if it's pretty screwed up, and you basically trace the edges, not trace, but there's this thing that kind of like, a look, looks like a little selector grabby, like the net, you know what I mean, where you've got the four corners to move around. Mm-hmm. And basically you say like, okay, have draw essentially the the perspective that you see here so this is even if this perspective thing is real screwed up if it's not you know 180 and 90 everywhere Mm -hmm. you grab here's the top left here's the bottom left here's the top right here's the bottom right and then you hit the button it fixes the perspective so that everything is plumb and it crops it 
It's sort of like when you do, you know, like um, take jitter out of a movie where it has to crop it to make it. It looks yes, really good. It's about. so easy to use. I mention it here because, first of all, Gus rules. Flying Meat, check him out. Great stuff. His uh, Retro Batch app for doing batch stuff with photos is amazing. But I mentioned it here because he added something to Acorn in Acorn 7. It's a feature that I love. I'll probably bring this back to talk about next week because I'm getting hoarse. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little horse. I'm a pony. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I'm calling this the everything button. And I wanted to talk about, probably next week, how much I love the everything button. And what is that? That's a name I just made up. That, As it turns out, I think it's a feature in Android. I don't really care. I love apps that have an easy way for you to hit a keyboard command, one keyboard command, and it brings up a palette of all the different things that you can do in the app. And he just added that to Acorn. There's lots of apps out there that do this that I love. Descript recently added this not too long ago. Uh, I feel like I first saw this in TextMate, you know, where you can pull up any bundle item, regardless of whatever kind of document with whatever syntax you were in. We'll come back to this next week. I wanted to talk about, first of all, go check out Acorn. New version of Acorn out, new version of Draft, amazing new version of Drafts out. I'll put that in notes. Go check that out. But uh, I want to talk about everything uh, buttons and why I love them so much, I think. I might have just said everything I needed to say, but, uh, but you know, maybe I should just wrap, you know what? Let's just wrap it up. Let's okay. just wrap. Let me, right. let me just say everything I need to say about this and we'll be out of here. We don't need to discuss it again. Okay. I'm rushing this. Am I rushing this, Dan? I'm kind of rushing no, this. No, I don't want you to rush it. I want you to take your time. I also just wanted to mention there's this app Dan Sturm told me about that's really cool called Paletro. Paletro is an app you can get on its own. It's a Mac app you can get on its own or via set app subscription. And Paletro basically adds an everything button to uh, whatever app you're using. And is it clear what I'm talking about with an everything button? Like think about the way Launch Bar works okay. or Butler or what have you. Mm-hmm. Where And those apps started out back in the day, a million years ago. There's a reason they called them app launchers, which was, hey, I know all the apps that are on your Mac. You can open them with this. And then, of course, through things like my beloved, the greatest app of all time, Quicksilver, people like, in that case, Alcor, realized there's a lot more that you could do with this. And I think arguably Quicksilver, to its peril probably, went further with that concept than any app I've ever seen. Like getting into every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. You know, frustrating is sometimes, like I, I wanted to find, uh, see if I had any backups of my dot bash my dash pro, bash profile. Mm-hmm. And so you do a spotlight sh- sh- search and it's like, doesn't find anything. And you're like, wait a minute. I know it's here somewhere. Well, it's a dot file. So maybe that shouldn't surprise me. But like, if I really want to search, I don't need to see, like there's times where I'm like in launch bar, like, you know, I finally learned to shut off all of the like, uh, Xcode pieces. Like I don't need, need to see all these you know what I mean? Like when you see all the pieces of a project, I yes. don't need to see all of that, but I want to see these things, but not that things. You know, how do you get that exactly right? Well, I mean, at the basic level, you want to be able to do all of the consumer facing stuff that you would like to be able to do. LaunchBar does that. This Paletro is really great though, because what, I, I have not run into an app yet where it doesn't work. Um, but, you know, in passing, I'll mention something everybody knows or should know, or, I, or now you'll know, which is that in any good Mac app, I think in just about every Mac app, if it's got a pull-down menu called help, wherever you are, you can always hit command, shift, question mark. So uh, w- it, it, know this or don't know this. How about this? How about you act like you always knew this and oh, act look at like- that. And you, then And then there's a little and search act like, bar. Yeah, right there. act like you've always had the presence of mind to remember that it's there. Command, shift, question mark, and start typing. 
and that will match whatever you start typing. It will find every pull down keyboard command that matches what you just typed. So if you haven't memorized the keyboard commands for everything and who has, especially in an app like Acorn, especially in an app like the Adobe photo editing app, you can, it's really handy to be able to go like, okay, I need Gaussian blur. So command shift, start typing. So great. Um, wait, what was the other trick like that I wanted to mention? Isn't there one that'll show you all the commands? Like in Gmail, it'll show you, if I go to Gmail and clicking, I feel like the base, part of the basis of what I'm saying is it is valuable to learn the keyboard commands because you don't even have to search for it. Mm -hmm. But is it command? Is it shift question mark? Okay, in the, G, in the Google apps, if you hit shift and then hit question mark, you will see all the keyboard shortcuts, which is very handy. But things like this Paletro, I think it's a very interesting idea because it will, um, I mean, it's, on the one hand, it's fairly basic in the sense of it's just showing you all the stuff that you can do. In the case of Descript, my beloved podcast editing app, Descript introduced this uh, a few months ago. Their implementation of it is wild. This one I'm calling the everything button. Um, in the case of, what is it? I want to say command, is it command K? Command K is usually insert link. I think it's a command, it might be command K on Descript. I don't, my fingers know it. Title. Um, and when you hit command <laughs> K, of course, you get all the different commands and stuff. How about this though? Like yesterday, I had written down the point in the Roderick on the Line episode. While we're recording, I wrote down a good spot to drop in an ad. Mm -hmm. And so whatever, 12 minutes and 53 seconds in, well, guess what? Hit command K, type 12. And one of the choices there is, do you want to jump to minute 12 of this. It just knew that's what you wanted to do. Right. And it takes you right there. Now, in this case, this is a twist because you don't need to learn all the commands. You need to learn one command and then all you need to remember, we well, don't have to remember anything. Just start mashing on buttons and see what happens. But if you want to insert a marker, if you want to like, whatever it is you want to do in Descript in this case, Command K and start typing and it pulls it straight up for you. Um, I love this concept. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to mention? There's another app that I was loving that does this. I just think it's such a great idea. I mean, I think there's a sweet spot in productivity between being an idiot who doesn't even know what they don't know and being somebody who spent way too much time, you know, trying to make things tricked out. There was mm -hmm. a great tweet a couple weeks ago. This woman said something like, why spend, why spend six hours Something like, why, why spend six hours fixing a problem if you can spend six hours failing to correctly automate it? And that's how I feel sometimes. It's like, I am so down a rabbit hole on something. But the sweet spot here is like, if there's something you're doing a lot, brings us back to that presence of mind issue, like, you know, that we were talking about last week, being aware of what to be aware of, remembering to remember. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself doing something over and over, yeah, you could say, how do I automate this? But another way, it's like, how could I just, Take a, take a few seconds off this to do this faster. And not because my time is that precious, but just because that'll keep maybe keep you in the flow a little bit more. If you learn what those keyboard commands are and you, you know, I find that very satisfying. Like for me, like editing and posting Roderick on the line Mondays is very satisfying to me because I always do these same things in this same order. I do look for improvements. Like mm -hmm. how can I do this more efficiently? But I know what I can do while I'm waiting for something else to happen. If I'm waiting for Descript to finish transcription, that's a good opportunity for me to work on show art. And then like while I'm waiting for it to render, that's a good chance for me to update, upload the art, et cetera. It's, I don't know. I find that's work I love disappearing into. 
And adding stuff like keyboard, keyboard commands or then everything button are a way to make that more efficient. And then, Dan, when you say this is very much the sort of thing, if I could please put words in your mouth. Yeah. Isn't this the kind of thing that makes stuff like, I want to say Unix, but really maybe more like Bash? I mean, isn't this part of what makes that so wonderful to use? Like you just, so like uh, controls, what is it? Control C will like clear that line, but like history will bring up all my recent commands. Arrow up will bring, you know, let me go in reverse chronological order. Mm -hmm. Isn't this the kind of thing that's like, or like autocomplete, right? Like when you're saying CD yeah. slash this and then tab. Right, when you hit tab. Complete, tab completion. Exactly. And of course, if you're doing that in a terminal in Bash or similar, it's just so freaking fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jeff Veen used to talk about that, how there's certain kinds of things where it's so much faster to do, like if there's something you need to do to a bunch of things, like, for example, yesterday I had to rename a bunch of stuff. And of course I use better find a renamer for that because it's so smart and easy to have a GUI for doing that. Mm -hmm. But Veen used to talk about how there's certain kinds of things, especially involving files and folders and lots of stuff where like you do terminal, 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 get to this point, drag a bunch of stuff into terminal. Yes, you can do that. And then, then uh, terminal, terminal, terminal. And like, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Oh, you know nice. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, exactly. What's the saying. one for open this in Finder? Is it just period? That's a good one. Really? Do you know that one? <clears throat> you just do command? So I'm going to CD to start. Yes, this is me. CD and I hit just period. No, what's the one? If you want to open it, you what, just okay, type open, this, open, open space this directory dot. in the open, Finder. Open space dot. And and the reason that it's a period is because oh, in that's... Unix the dot means current directory yeah. dot dot means directory means above this one. right so open C so CD if you means were, take me to my home directory usually right uh, CD by itself there is a convention where if you type CD which is change directory CD unless just, you change this in your profile correct but if you just type CD enter it will always take you to your home directory yeah um, but what's what's really cool is that you can, you don't need to CD into the directory to open it. So for example, in if you wanted to, you oh. could type open space, and then you could type li capital L for library and hit tab, and then it will go over <laughs> again and type that for you with a slash after it. And if you don't know the next one, you can hit tab twice, and it will list all of the folders or directories, as, since we're talking Unix, it will list yeah. all the directories that are beneath it. So if I wanted to go to library, slash here's one called group containers i would type gr and hit tab and it'll fill out group containers for me and if i hit tab again well then there's all these other ones so here's one called this adobe is, I, this hub would, app i need to learn more of this i just pulled out a bunch of my o'reilly books from back in the day and um this is something i need to spend more time with um especially now that i'm doing more stuff one thing i love with this home assistant is long story short home assistant has a an smb plug in where you can mount your YAML, um, well, basically all of your home assistant folders. You can open them right from the finder. So much easier than having to like go in and do all this. Like I, yeah, like, um, you know, like John Roderick, you know how he's saving Harry Potter for prison. Like I'm going to save like learning all of this stuff for the future. I'm going to learn Vim real, real good someday. But right now all I want to do is open this and change one little thing in BB edit. And that makes it very easy to do, especially with BB edit. Where I could just I just sort by kind and drag all of those into a project in BB Edit, which makes it so easy to do. That'll even keep it mounted and open through restarts, which is wild to me. But what was I gonna say? Yeah, so that's something I need to get better at is like when I need to go 
go in and, and escalate to root and do all the things like um, I, I need to get better at automating all of that stuff. But I just had another funny realization where like the point where I was learning enough bash to be dangerous, you know what I was saying a minute ago, like my fingers know how to do it, but I don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's so many things where I could do it. I could make the cord that does this key command, but I can't tell you unless I'm in the app right, and doing it. Right. Another funny one for me is like, I don't know. Oh, shut up. I don't, I think I know. Here's all I know. If I go, if I CD into something, my first impulse usually is to go LS. But like, then I also learned, I don't even know how long ago, LS dash LA. And I don't know. All I know is I get a nicer version. I don't remember what the attributes are or the flags or whatever. I don't know what that means. All I know is that it works. It's like, instead of it being in my fingers, this one's just in the letters. LSLA. So it's list. Uh, what's LNA? LSLA. Uh, LS. Long. Well, yeah. We can it's do when it. you get one that looks more like a regular, like, yeah, a, like a dash Mac folder. Uh, dash A. So I can do man LS. Yeah, man LS. Hey, and let's, uh, you know, it'll be a fun show. Why don't we listen to Merlin? Struggle with like Linux commands. The the dash A means include directory entries. His L is long format. Dot and L is long format. So what I usually do is I will alias in my profile uh, ls dash la. I used to LS. do that. This, this is my problem. Well, you remember you got to give me plaudits for not getting too far down the rabbit hole on my mm -hmm. bash profile. Because mm -hmm. time was I could spend a Labor Day weekend on my bash profile, like figuring out how to do cute stuff with my cursor and stuff like that. That Bash book is good. You know, O'Reilly books are good. They're still good. You know, this stuff hasn't changed all that much, right? Like a lot of it. I mean, how we deal with it has changed. Like in my case, homebrews changed a lot about like how I deal with all of this. But, you know, but like the basic stuff you're doing with Bash. So are you still, what, do you use ZSH? What do you use for a- No, I hate ZSH. And you know what? Are the you in people Bash? Yes, I'm in Bash. And I'll tell you about this. Why'd they do that? That seems really confusing. Okay, so the reason that they did it, did, people people believe Apple. People. people believe Apple. And when they say, oh, Apple switches ZSH, that, that must mean, because we know Apple, and Apple always does the best things, mm -hmm. they must have switched because ZSH must be the best. That's why they switched. Not because... Uh, of some other licensing agreement that makes oh, is it a like a BSD kind of, of thing? Bash, like something yes, changed? basically the license agreement for Bash changed, and so okay, in instead good to of know. instead of running the ancient decrepit version of Bash that they were including with OS 10 or Mac OS now, um, instead of that, they said, "Well, we'll switch to one that has a license agreement." And you know what, ZSH is pretty good, and most people on the Mac aren't really spending that much time in terminal, so it doesn't really matter. And when they need it, it's there, and it kind of works the same way as Bash. And then everybody who loves Bash and has spent years tweaking their perfect Bash, yeah, like profile, writing writing shell scripts around this like very portable, beloved. You know, what, not terminal emulator? What do you call it? And, uh, I mean, it's a shell, a bash shell. Shell, shell. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so bash shell is still there, but they don't want you to use it anymore. They so still if, like to bug you about it every time. It's like, do you want Chrome to be your default browser? Every time I go to terminal, it asks me, it tells me about ZSH every time. Stupid. Hey, Dan, can we close with something useful? Yes. Okay. So, and always, to quote Griffin Newman, and always, and as always, I like to mention this probably once a year. This is that time of year when I act like a real jerk and say to you, I'm going to send you to look at a link. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really 
really want you to look at this link. And Dimes to Donuts, I promise you, you will learn at least one thing you didn't know when you opened it, even if you looked at it last year. Okay? So what I'm sending you to, this is in show notes, and it is called Mac Keyboard Shortcuts in Apple Support. Okay. Okay? So you're going to open this up and you say, oh, Command X? Oh, thanks. That's really handy. Glad to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. This is also where a million years ago, this is the page where my life changed. This is the page where I learned about how to move. This is not VI, but like how to move through text that you're writing using just the keyboard. So like this is where I learned how to combine command, option, and shift with the arrow keys. The ultimate example of I can't tell you how to do this, but like how to like start a selection, how to grab down several lines. I know, I know VI is better. I'm not gonna, just give me, give me, give me a minute. But go in here and learn this. Learn, learn, learn that command, shift command up arrow selects the text between the insertion point and the beginning of the document. Boy, that'd be kind of handy, huh? Just please, would you go to this, would you go to this page? It's kind of a long URL, but I would like you to go just to do this for me. I'm doing it as a blessing. Okay. Put a Mac keyboard shortcuts. Just do it. You're going to find so much good stuff. Now, here's another thing. I, I, I still, I can't remember the day that I did this, but I do remember the first time I ever got to use a keyboard with an iPad. I mean, obviously, I started trying things that I hoped would work. Command uh, space did work. It brought up Spotlight. It was really good. Command tab. Oh, my God. I'm tabbing through apps. Now the real test. Open up a text editor and see if these key commands work. And can I tell you what, buddy? They totally work. Your keyboard commands that you learned to be better on the Mac, I mean, almost 100% will work on the iPad. So if you are in drafts, on your iPad with a key, with a keyboard, all of those things that you're, you've learned or are about to learn. And please do this is, this is like, when you say, Dan, this is like learning touch typing. You can't even describe to somebody how much faster you will edit. If you learn these kinds of commands to get around inside text. Don't you think? I think that something like a keyboard command that lets you jump to the front of a line, to the end of a line, jump word by word, what people forget is if you hold down shift, you're selecting. So if you want to delete three words, you can hold down yes. like shift. Uh, let me let me make sure I'm telling them. Well, right. just try, try, try here. You guys open this. Do this right now. Open up drafts, text edit. Open up anything that has text in it. And just, mm-hmm. just we do me this one. Have you ever tried this? Just hit command up arrow. Okay. Now hit command down arrow. Pretty now nice do it again. Up. Did you notice that? Yeah. I, I know you know this, Dan. But I know our listeners know this. But go tell your friends about this. That's learn that command right now. Command, now try the same. Try the same thing command, with, with option right with and shift. option left. Yeah. Try with, try with, with shift. shift. Yeah, it's nice. Well, then you get into so shift is basically selection things. Uh, try options. Once you start getting into option, option left and right arrow. Now you're moving through a word at a time. Option shift arrow. Guess what? You're just doing that same movement, but now you're selecting. How about just shift down arrow? You just selected the whole line from where your insertion point to the end of the line. Hand of God. I know you know this, everybody, but like go remind yourself what you don't know yet. There's no pride. There's no pride in my mind. There's no pride to be found in deciding you're done learning things. Have the, have the courage to be a dummy and go realize what else you can learn. I will join you in this. I'm going to reread this whole thing all over again because it's so much more fun. You're, it's so much more fun. You suddenly become a better carpenter 
And all you had to do was like learn a different way to hold the hammer. God damn it. I'm so angry now, Dan. Oh, I mean, I didn't mean to make you angry. <sighs> Let's thank our sponsors. Who's our sponsors today? Would you remind me? It's fireside.fm and Mar- fireside.fm. Pro- promo code Marmar to get 50% off plumbers. your first two months. Okay. Yeah, tested by plumbers. Exactly. It's a big, it's a pretty big wrench. What if it's Peter Jackson? What, what if, what if the plumber's really little? What if that's a regular size, cre- not crescent wrench, but whatever you call that. What if that's, is that a crescent wrench? What, what if that's it's a regular just, size because wrench? Because the table and, moves at the same time that the camera moves. It's a special relativity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. And then the table, the table. It's actually two has, different uh, the tables. The handoff is over here and it's a half table. Yes. It's a half table for And that's a half how lane. they get you. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It's not just for getting fat people into the banquette anymore. It's also for making sure that your, that your wizard is, uh, is long shortened. For, ah. shortened for, for knowledge. For, for, for forewarned is forearmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as always, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 